Hey, welcome back everyone. It's Cam here. I'm sitting here with Ray. Hey everybody. I hope you guys are having an awesome day or evening, um, depending what time you're listening in. I guess we're killing it recording our podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by killing it? <laughs> well, like we're being consistent and actually getting to do this. Yeah, it's pretty fun actually. Um, well, I guess today what we wanted to share about is our journey, I guess, back from what well, back to before we even opened the doors and how we, I guess, created Marked in the shop. Let's get to it. Okay. So, I think we shared already in the past about how you chose Redfin. Yeah. I th- I remember... Well, okay, let's get to like 132 Redfin Street. So, you walked in the door. Like, what well, did it's you not envision? even that. Let's, before we even get to Redfin, okay. I want to start with looking for a location... Okay, yeah. These are the things we were bumping up against, all right? Um, you know, I'd find a place, the real estate agent would like me, I'd like the real estate agent, We, you know, we were vibing, and I'd like the space, it was big, you know, I could see, you know, every time I walked into a space I liked, I could imagine my shop in there, you know, it was beautiful and all that, and then when I'd put in my application, the real estate agent would come back and say, oh, the landlord's not sure if they'd want a tattoo artist in the premises and then like because i think the real the landlord would have said no they just didn't even bother getting back to me so that happened like quite a few times that is true and i remember like telling you you know call the agent back find out what's going on and exactly so like they wouldn't even bother getting back to me and then um you know just so happens uh, we got to redfern and loved the space and the landlord, you know, let us open up. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But so I think one of the pains about um actually when we got to the space, I remember doing a walkthrough because what it was was an it was part of a medical center. The Aboriginal Medical Center. Yeah. And it was like the physio space yeah, or something like that. They were that. using it as a gym. Yeah, so I think it, like this is a building that's been Owned by the same owner since I think the sixties or the seventies. Yeah, he owned it for like forty years. It was an old. It was a long time. It's an. Uh, he had it for a long time. It's an old building. So and you know it was it was gross. It think, looked gross. It looked gross. Like, and Cam, I remember Cam didn't walking. like it because there was you know those carpet tiles and ceiling tiles. It was as like well. blue carpet tiles, yellow yeah. walls. Yeah. Those. You know, typical, I don't know what you call them, but in the ceiling. Yeah, ceiling tiles. The ceiling tiles. Yeah. It There's no natural, there was Benny, like, you don't get natural lighting yeah. in that place. Um, and I just remember going, oh, what the hell are we yeah, doing? See, that's, that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> I saw potential. The thing I loved about it, it was just the shape of the building. All I wanted was a big open Oh, like rectangle. I could completely yeah. see it, but it was just like yeah. far and out. I, I There's knew, a lot of work. I knew that it wasn't going to look the way that it looked then. All I needed was the space. It was a lot of work. Yeah. We moved into the building. Well, we signed the lease and stuff. Mm. And I guess, do you want to walk everyone through about the DA? Because that was another process in itself. Yeah, exactly. Well, even before we get to that, like, um, I wanted okay, to point out... I feel like out, I'm jumping everywhere. Yeah, though. no, no, it was good. No, that's good. We're on a good track. It's just that, you know, with all the um, trouble with past landlords, it's just, it was a real eye-opener for how much there was still a stigma around tattooing. Mm. And it was like, I didn't see it because, you know, I'm in it every day. I know my clients. I tattoo a huge range of clients, you know. 
So to me, tattoos were just normal. But then you get to, you know, let's say people with money, people who own commercial property, they still hear tattoo shop and they're like, you know. Especially with the affiliation with the underground as well. I mean, even how tattoo shops are regulated now with like, um, you know, Get, having to get licenses and the licensing conditions, like one of the conditions that's part of it is that um, a police officer can come in and check whether or not you're licensed. Um, someone, a representative, I think it's from Fair Work, but they can come in and go, hey, we want to look at your financial records. Yeah, they can They can bring drug dogs into the shop anytime they want They as can well. do that and they have every right to do that. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's just about... You can tell that that legislation is designed to prevent, you know, yeah, it's designed stuff to, going you on. know, it was really just to keep bikies from coming in. For anyone who's not in Australia, bikies are just uh, motorcycle club members. So the, the law was pretty much to keep them from owning shops. And, you know, it's, it's actually done a really good job. And, um, you know, I, I came in before all these, I started tattling before all these laws and, you know, as much as all the regulation sucks, I think it is kind of what Australia needed anyway, just because, you know, especially those who want to be artists and, you know, they want to deal with all that bullshit. Yeah. So it's, it's a much better time to become a tattoo artist. And I think you can see that in the work because the work around Australia now is just getting better and better. We're digressing a little bit, right? One of the things that I would like to see in the industry is that they've brought in the licensing just for that, really. It's kind of obvious for that purpose, but it would be good to have licensing to a point where there's a certain certain standard that you yeah, have to quality. meet for yeah, quality, exactly. um, you know, infection control. Yeah. You don't have to do that. We didn't have to do any infection control courses or have any certificate yeah, yeah. and things like that. In it's the hard. Shop. It is hard. That's that's that 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 could be a whole other topic. That, that, that pretty, is a whole other. It's topic. pretty hard to just tell somebody how good they need to be before they can be a tattoo artist. Because like with my industry um to you know to have chartered accountant you know to have those initials after your name you know i had to go through you know my bachelor's and then study afterwards and be mentored at the same time so it was like another three years on top of my uni degree to get just that and then to be a tax agent you need to have certain qualifications you need to be registered and you need to do continuing education same thing with my ca um lawyers go through that um you know, there's a whole raft of industries that have to go through that. And it's like, with tattooing, it's like, the way I see it is you literally get permanently marking somebody. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's not only serious. that, there's a risk of infection and yeah, diseases. So exactly. if it's not the art, like you can't, you know, art is very subjective. But at least from the point of like health control. Yeah. I, I feel like there should be something It'll probably to get standardize. There. I know in Queensland they do that because we had to get an infection control certificate yeah. in Queensland. But anyway, yeah. we're digressing. So, now, so back to Redfern. Yeah, so back to Redfern. Getting in that shop. Look, getting the DA. Yeah, exactly. So I was pretty much, you know, I was ready to go. I was just like, let's just set up shop and start tattooing. But, um, you know, trying to get the license... I realized you had to get a DA first because um, you have to switch the use of the commercial property to a tattooing place. doesn't matter what it was before. If it wasn't a tattoo shop, you need a DA. And, you know, that was 
I thought I could do that by myself. It was just a form at the council, the lo- uh, you know, the local council. And when I went in to talk to them, they were showing me, you know, it was just like a few pages with questions and things to fill out. And that, that, that part was easy. But then they told me I needed to write these, you know, statements. It was like environmental impact statements and how I was going to fit out the shop and how much money I was going to spend. Oh, did they actually ask that? Yeah, they, they, it was everything. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to get somebody to do it for me. Found somebody and, um, he did a great job. He did an awesome job. (laughs) The statement was like 30 pages, you know, it was like 30 pages long for like everything. It's really responsive and it was great. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, thank God I didn't even try to do that by myself. That would have, I would have wasted so much time and then ended up paying someone to do it anyway. And then, um, sorry, I actually got the, we actually started the fit out before we even did the DA. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. You, the guy who did the DA Oh, no way. As soon, sorry, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. As soon as we got the DA approved, then I just sent the boys in. Yeah. Like literally, so we got the DA approved on New Year's Eve or something like that. And then they started like a week later. They started a week later and then... We had a baby yeah, and you were literally right. going back and forth from the hospital to the shop. Yeah. It was like Man. full on and you're just like, are you okay? Forgot all about that. So Kim was actually pregnant while we were, you know, getting all this DA stuff done. And then we, you know, had a trip to Europe to for your friend's... Um, no, we had the running. Europe trip first. Yeah, yeah, but I was doing the DA. I remember because I needed oh, yeah. a Wi-Fi in the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're trying to that do was, that. That was a crazy time because was a, I was so busy with man, work. Like, was that was, time. like, my biggest year financially. Yeah, exactly. Like, killed it. Pregnant. We were waiting for a baby. Um, Went to Europe. Yeah, you were doing the DA. Mm. Like, and then we were... Oh, yeah. The fit-out was done within, like, the month. Yeah, they did really... Yeah, shout-out to the boys at BNS. <laughs> they like, did an awesome job with I the shop. I think Aaliyah was only, like, a month old and the shop was completely done. And I yeah. wa- that was the first time I actually saw it because basically I was at home just looking after the baby yeah. and just resting and re- recovering. And then eventually I went and saw the shop when it was almost finished. Um, I think it was when the floors were just done. Oh, the floors. Where do I start with those? So, yeah, the, everything but the the floors gave us so much trouble because it was an old slab. In my old shop, I had um, polished concrete, and that's what I wanted in this one. And, man, the, the slab was so old and it was stained and cracked. We ended up having to pour epoxy resin over it. Not only that, it was, like, red. It yeah, looked diseased. that's what I mean by it was stained. <laughs> it yeah. looked diseased. Actually, I did see that in real life. Actually, you know what's funny? The last shop, the floor was an issue, too. Because we had to pour that concrete over the some tiles actually, oh, really? and then yeah, oh man, every shop I've had is just floors. And I swear, the next one, just, if we do have another shop, it's just gonna be tiled. Just I mean, nice we tiles love the epoxy. It looks beautiful, and it's one of the things that most yeah. people comment about the shop, like when yeah. they come in. But high usage areas like yeah. high traffic areas it's it's dull i think yeah it's look not, i love it when i first just... walked on it and you know saw it i was like wow it was amazing uh we had rodney at cobble creek do um do it for us an awesome job but you know like you said high foot traffic in a commercial 
space, I wouldn't use epoxy. Like just where our desk is. Yeah. Like the front desk with the where the chairs are and you can see like all the wheelie marks and stuff like that. Yeah. And the boys mop like every second day. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just yeah. But you know what's funny? Like even though we notice the scuffs, because obviously we're there every day and we saw how good it was when it first mm. was done, people still love it. Was, People walk in and the floor's like yeah, the first true. thing they they're like wow the floor's amazing it's like yeah I thanks. remember like the little details like because I wasn't physically in the shop yeah. when the boys were fitting it out like the little details that you would show me and then ask my opinion on like the ceiling the trims mm. around the ceiling and stuff like that like the it was just it was just interesting seeing from like a design perspective how like the tiniest little thing would make such a big difference yeah. um and now, you know, first when we moved in, it was like all blank walls and now the walls are completely covered. And that yeah. was a whole process yeah, in true. itself. Like yeah. we ordered, we spent so much money on frames, frames and, and the time. frames are cheap frames and we spent so much money on I them. I know. And the time that like between you yeah. and I and Tom yeah. spent like putting up all the artwork. So Tom's our apprentice, everybody. And just lining up all the artwork and a lot of the paintings on the wall are actually Tom's. Yeah, exactly. Um... It just feels so good that yeah, one. Yeah, look, anybody who's in Sydney, feel free to come by the shop and check it. I'm really proud of how it came out. So just come by and check it out. You don't have to get tattooed or pierced to come look at yeah, it. Yeah, come say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, one of the, the things that I feel really proud of is like people come in and go, like not only is the space clean, but they just go, wow, like it feels so luxe in here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like a, it's like, uh, I think a few people said it, it feels like a designer store. That's That's the look I was going for, you know. What it just look like, yeah, like a Givenchy saw or some shit. Yeah. You know. And it does, like with the black yeah. and white and the grey. And then people like, you know, oh, the bathroom's so nice. And it's like, yes, that's what I wanted. I yeah. like, I feel if people look after their bathrooms, it says a lot about them. That's so true. Yeah. We got the idea for the bathroom from a restaurant. Yeah, a few restaurants, a actually. Few, yeah. yeah, we would take, we would like go it, every time we went out. We would just take photos of bathrooms that we yeah. really liked. And we're like, oh, we like those tiles or yeah. we like... Actually, that was part of... Sorry, going back to, you know, how someone's bathroom looks says a lot about them. That's how I wanted the shop to be. I wanted people to walk through it and, you know, there's not one bit of the shop that was, like, neglected. Yeah. Where they just went, oh, they didn't care about this part. You can walk tip to, t you know, uh, tip to tail in our shop and it's... The whole thing's, you know... Uh, spot on. I think, yeah. like, you know, even with the front desk, that's like a Nick Scarly dining table that we spent quite a bit of money on. Like, yeah. that was worth it because it's yeah. a beautiful table. It fits it really well in. It took ages to find that too. It took ages. Like, like, everything in the shop is thawed out, you yeah. know? I'm not just saying this to, like, shop, to boast or anything. It's just literally how long it took everything to well, come we together. Put all of our money into it. Yeah, We practically exactly. did, and... Like, even that desk, that was a whole thought process as well yeah. because what Ray originally wanted was a built-in front desk. Not even that. I was going to... Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. after that, I and was going to build the yeah you build I, the table because I couldn't find one that I liked. And, and then, like, well, just going back to the built-in, I said mm. no because I was like, you wanted this whole mo mobile concept. Yeah. And, like, we just, I really like open plans so i felt like having something built in would kind of it, it's just like a yeah, blockage for sure. yeah um and that table is heavy as shit too so you wouldn't even be able to move it that no, you much can't even, even you, move it i mean you can but it's a big 
big effort. But it's open. Like you see that table and it's just completely open. Like you can yeah, see right through. Exactly. It doesn't feel like you're going into like a doctor's can't, office can't or something like that. can't wear a skirt when you're sitting at it. <laughs> <laughs> People That's, walking, that walking through the street will just look through. Yeah. And just like little touches like flowers and candles yeah. in the shop. But I think they just make a big difference. Exactly. Um. So going back to it, we've got the shop fit out now and... um. <laughs> So, so as soon as we got the DA, we did two things. We started construction and then we also applied for the tattoo license. Mm. And, you know, we thought the tattoo license wouldn't take too long. And well, we weren't expecting like a month, but we didn't we, yeah, expect exactly. it to take as long as it. They said, you know, long might be three months. The longest they've heard of is six months. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, pretty, pretty bad, but I can live with that. And, you know, the, the fit-out was done within two months. Tattoo license, we didn't get that till August. Yeah, so it took eight months. That took eight months. So we're just sitting there paying rent on a shop that's we couldn't even do anything out of. Literally, it was just all pretty, sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, so it's been a crazy journey. And through all the, you know, licensing, not it wasn't just waiting for the license either. They'd have, you know, little things that they... You know, they're real, they'll, they'll nitpick everything, you know, oh, you filled out this part wrong or this, there's an inconsistency here. They'll even look for stuff that you didn't even give them, you know, and they'll be like, oh, can you explain this? And it's like a two-stage process where it has to go like through um, fair training. Sorry, when I said fair work earlier, I meant fair training. Yeah. Um, it has to go through fair training and then it goes through the police. And then back to them. And then yeah. there's like no mechanism for... Fair trading to yeah. the, and the police. To You'd talk call to each up other. fair trading and they say it's in the police's hands, and then you call up the police yeah. and they'll say, you know, we, it's in fair trading. Well, they, they wouldn't even give you an answer. They just They're say, like, yeah. don't, yeah. And, and they tell you, don't follow us up yeah. once it's with the police. And then it's like, you got to wait for the police to go through that. And apparently, only like one department looks after yeah. that. And that's only like a handful of people. Mm. And then, it, yeah. And then, yeah. Anyway, it's crazy, you know, because like the whole time sitting there, like, license pending i'm just thinking like wow i literally have my whole life i don't know about whole life but a big chunk of my life in someone else's hands and it's just like a piece of paperwork to them Mm. yeah that's that's pretty crazy just just because i think tattooing is so personal you know you're dealing with a person one-on-one and you know going for the license is very like you know you see bureaucracy and Guess I'm just not used to it. It's just interesting how, like, now that we're kind of talking about it and reflecting on it, it's interesting how that process can take so long. Whereas, like, for example, to become a tax agent may only take two months, that whole application process. And I don't know, like, yeah, but you have to have your like degree, you have stuff. to have all of that. That takes but longer, that takes longer, but it's just interesting, right? Be, like, it's just red tape, even though there's more red tape becoming a tax agent and maintaining that. Whereas, yeah. there's not really anything once, you, once you've got your license to be a tattoo operator, that's pretty much it. Just yeah. keep those records, right? I don't think it's by design, though. Because I think while I was calling them up, a lot of it was just like just flawed processes, it was more like. How I imagined it was they had a big pile on their desk mm. and every time you'd come to the top, they'd go through it and be like, oh, this is something you have to go fix up. I'd go fix it up, it but then back I'm to the back bottom. to the, exactly, I'm back at the bottom and it, 
it literally felt like there was one person doing all of Australia's tattoo licenses or something. Probably, because I remember when we'd be on the phone to fair trading just to follow up, it'd be like only a specific area would yeah. deal with that. Um, and even then, they didn't even know what the hell they were doing. Exactly. Like you ask them a specific question about tattoo licensing and they just go, oh, yeah. not sure. But, you know, it was a blessing in disguise because while I was, you know, it took eight months or... I would say eight months longer than I thought. As in, like eight months longer than I thought it would take. Yeah. Well, like I thought I'd have the shop before that. Like I'm not saying from the shop's finish, just more like the whole process. So during that eight months, you know, I was still at Kailua with you know tattooing amongst Sydney's best. Like I say this, you know, among Sydney's best, and I've. I learned so much just being there, you know, with Ron, Benji, Elona, Eves, Blake, Quang, you know, like it was, it was, it was a blessing. Uh, you know, I always felt so grateful just to be able to, you know, learn off them before I went off on my own. It was, it's, it was really good as well for me because you got to spend time with our daughter. True. Yeah. I was only there working like three days a week or something. Yeah. And I was slow, like I slowed down as well in terms of work, um, during that time, like, you know, the first year of having her Yeah. and we got to spend time as a family that we wouldn't have had if you had the shop because once you had once the shop was open you were there seven days a week for a few months and then it was six days a week and it was was, it it got to a point where it was really tough on us yeah exactly like that was what i was going to go into is like um because it took so long you know i was ready to hit the ground running and i was just like that's it i'm going to do seven days a week and and I was there with you like every second day yeah. in between all like, of my shit. It didn't feel so bad because, you know, like when it, like, like I've always said, when it's your own business, you don't mind putting in those extra steps. You can take the pay cut because, you know, you're building something, mm. you know, whereas like if you're working for someone else, even though you're making a lot of money, you still don't feel like you want to put in the extra effort some days. Whereas with a business, it's just like it's always you want to be on top of your game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was... But then you're like, yeah, like you said, it got too hard on, like, us as a family. And I didn't realise I needed a day off until I started taking a day off either. And I think it really helped you taking that extra day off. And one, because we got to spend... It wasn't like having that extra day off was like... Not, it wasn't even an extra day off. It was just a day off. So it went from seven days a week to six days a week. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to spend the whole day doing, like, family shit. No, it was actually a chance to just kick back. Yeah, it was a chance to kick back. You got to catch up on actually designing because it felt like every night you were coming home and then working late to design for the next day. Yeah. So even when you were home, you weren't really home. Um, it gave me some breathing space because I was still working or, like, you know, mm. hadn't stopped working. And like I was saying earlier, like work like after I think how old was she maybe like six months that I started was I was like no I'm gonna ramp up work again yeah um and I was like struggling yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I needed just someone just like for a couple of hours that one day just to help me look after yeah. her and that made a huge difference to my own mental health and f- like yeah, for, for us sure. as a family and for you as well just to get some space to like catch up and not feel like you were yeah. constantly chasing your tail 
for sure. But that's definitely like one of the things that we had to figure out in opening up the shop as well. Yeah, and I think a part of it was just trusting that, you know, we could close the shop for a day and it would be all right. Because when we first opened, you know, I wanted the doors in. So I wanted the doors open every day. People walk past, they can just walk straight in. And, the you know, we just spread the word a bit easier or mm. faster. So... I think people, you know, not that they, not a lot of people know us, but a lot of people who do know us know that we close on Mondays now. Yeah. So. And it's good because um, I think people do realise, like, if you're a local and you, you come see us, you, they do realise that it's you and Tom mostly in the shop yeah. most days and they know that. And so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, Monday makes sense for you to like yeah, exactly. at least take a day off. And not only that, we actually have a DA from 10 to 10, so we can do like training, yeah. but we choose not to. Eventually, I think we want to. Eventually, once we, I guess we have more artists, yeah. definitely keep the door open for, so that the artists can choose to work their hours that suit them. Mm. But... But while it's just you, um, it was just like, you're going to be burning out if you do 12 hours a day, yeah, exactly. seven days a week. It's just not feasible. Um, yeah, I mean, with that, so we do do private appointments for yeah. after six, like Tom does them every now and then. It's just up to the artist whether they want to work. Because yeah. I know I don't want to work later hours because if I'm there six days a week, you know, What's the point of it's working late if I'm going to be in the next day, same time? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's been a it's, whole it, journey. Yeah. And now we're Like closed. from day one, you know, like I wasn't even, I still had my clients, you know, people would book in with me because Kailu is a private studio. So you only bring in, you know, they only, you only get to tattoo people you bring in. That was another thing that was so good about me working there is that I you know, I got the confidence to be like, yeah, I could literally go to any shop in Sydney and still have, you know, um, bookings. You've done a great job and like your clients are amazing because they're so loyal. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a testament to you and like the relationship that you've built with them. But like, obviously I've met a lot of your clients and I think they're just fantastic people. Yeah. No, they're great. Um, and yeah, they've been like super loyal to you. So they've kind of just followed you through, yeah. you know, even some from Cairns, like all the way yeah, to Sydney. Yeah, people, the people who fly in. Not to say that, you know, that I don't appreciate the ones who live here, but the fact that some people do fly here just to get tattooed by me, it's, it's humbling, you know. It's, yeah. And like we've been together like five years and I've met clients back then. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's humbling. It's It's like... You know, when you have clients who are like that, you're just like, man, I, I literally have no excuse but to do my best. You know, there's yeah. no, like, they would have got a tattoo anyway or something. Mm. You know, it's like they flew here it's, or, you know, they, they've been coming back for years. They, they, you know, there's no shortage of tattoo artists in Sydney. Like, just going back to them anyway, like, your clients, whether or not they're from Cairns or from Sydney, like, the shop wouldn't be anything without them oh definitely i mean literally like some days i come in like on days where i'm not even meant to be in the shop i actually come in to see you guys just to if i haven't met you before and like i've heard a lot about you yeah i will come in funny because like i'll be designing it and you'll be like who's that for and if i say a name you don't know you're like who's that i'm like (laughs) like, please you don't know all my clients but like it's funny because i think you might actually be pretty close to knowing all of them I do, and like I see, like, 
because I do all the admin and stuff, like yeah, I see sure everyone's, you know the names, yeah. I see everyone's names or like if I'm booking people in or whatever, yeah. like I know. And it's like, sometimes I feel, actually, I feel a bit sad because I feel like I do all the work in talking to the customer and like getting them in the door and then I'm not actually there and then they get the tattoo and they're happy, right? Which is great. But it's like far out. I actually, I'm talking about new ones. Like, I'm talking yeah. about new ones and it's like, gosh, oh, you know, I missed out on the opportunity of meeting them and I'm like, I don't know when they're going to come back and they usually do, but it's usually on days where I can't come in because I've got other stuff on, but it kind of makes me feel sad too. That's yeah, like, that's- I've been part of why I love this job it's like you get that you, you become attached to your clients it's yeah it's just it's it's a crazy job because where else do you ever get to just sit with one person you know no alcohol involved and just talk you know it's it because with any other job there's an agenda you know you like say for your job you got someone who's coming into you know for accounting you don't have much room to just sit kick back and talk about life well we do because it all comes part of it (laughs) i guess i guess so but you know it's business first or business after either way whereas like if someone's coming in for for a full day session you know i'm sitting with them for like you know seven hours it's like i I don't like when was the last time you just sit down and talk to somebody for seven hours like probably never right yeah, but that's not to say I don't love it. I'm not I do. saying I'm not even talking about you specifically. Okay. I'm just talking about in life in general. Like one of the, and I'm not saying other people don't do it. It's just one of the things I love about this job is yeah. what I'm saying. It's like that connection, and um, that's that's that thing you're feeling when you're like, oh, I missed out on seeing that person. It's like, yeah, I get, I get that every time because I'm tattooing them. There's like so many times like I. I, you know, there's an inquiry that comes through Instagram or Facebook. It's like you're, you're with them on the journey. You're I'm, like, yeah, I'm full, like, answering their questions. Yeah. I'm basically, like, you know, when it's, of, like, a face-to-face consult isn't needed. I actually do the consult. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with kind of Ray's guidance, like, if there's any questions that yeah. I need from Ray, like, Pricing I just, yeah, I technical. ask Ray. But yeah. I'm the one that's managing all of that. I'm answering any of their concerns and, like, you know, um, you know, they're telling me how excited they are or whatever. And it's like, I'm taking them through that whole process. And then it's kind of like, it's kind of crappy when it's like, I'm, I can't You just there. see it on our story. It's like, Yeah. Done. And it's like, <laughs> um, did you, I actually, I'm actually invested. I'm like, did you take care of them? <laughs> like, like, or sometimes I'll actually, That's the thing. I'll actually oh, message the client. Like, are you happy with your tattoo? Do they yeah. look after you? <laughs> do they, do yeah. they treat you nice? Like, I know you would, but I'm invested in it and I want to make sure that, you know. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's like, I don't know. just, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a crazy journey setting up the shop now that we're... Like, this is the first time we've actually really reflected on it. Yeah, we haven't... Not that we haven't had time to, we just haven't. We just haven't. Know. And now that we're, like... You know, something else just came to mind. is like, while the, the DA, um, when we first applied for the DA, um, my guy Perry, he's, like, you know, now after the DA gets, um, what do you call, put through... They send a letter to ev- all the neighbors oh, yeah. and like um, residential, commercial, everyone gets a letter. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to hear tattoo artists and everyone's just going to go in and put, you know, yeah. just, um, what do you call it when you try and block someone from coming in? I don't know what it's Yeah, called. whatever you do to a DA, try and object to it or whatever. Object. object. That's the word. And um, yeah, I literally 
took a whole day and just walked down Redfern Street, going to every business, knocking on the door, introducing myself and, you know, just being like, yeah, this is me. I'm the owner. I'm the only owner. You know, I'm opening a tattoo shop. And, you know, people, I didn't even have to say much. I think the fact that I went around and just introduced myself put everyone at ease. We're just thinking about that. Um, Do you remember Chris who had the cafe across the road? So when we were, I think it was like for the first couple of months that we were there, there was a cafe across the road um, who unfortunately has closed down now. Um, But anyway, he, we used to get our coffee from him every morning and we just really got to know him and he was just such a nice guy. And he was like, just before he was shutting down, he was like, you know, I'm kind of sad and I've gotten to know you guys and meet you, meet your Mm. little family. And he said, you know, I'm really glad that we got to meet you and we wish you the best. And actually we had one person, he said, actually everyone that comes in here that talks about you guys says Mm. only positive things. And he said there was one particular person who was so against the tattoo shop opening. He was so against it. I was like, we don't need a a tattoo shop here in Redfern. I have no idea who it is, right? But anyway, apparently he's been at the shop and he said to the cafe and I was saying, oh my God, those people are so nice. (laughs) Like they're such a lovely little family. Um, And he just apparently did a complete 180. So, I mean, that was, that's really pleasing. And I don't know if it's because of what you did or if just, I don't know if, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that helped, but just that vibe that we give off. Definitely. But yeah, it's just been really pleasing to know that. Like, I think it we've makes... We've been really welcomed. Like, it's not only about the business to be nice. It's like, it makes, it makes your day better. It's like, I don't, I, I can't think of, you know... I, I don't see how you could make your day better by being being a dick to someone, you know? Yeah. So you just obviously not everyone deserves it, but you just you know, you try you try to do it anyway. Just try and be courteous, try and be nice to people, anyone you come across and your day just gets better. I don't know how. Or in yeah. fact it just actually makes sense that that would be the case. But, you know, since that, you know, I, I love Redfern now. Redfern, I, <laughs> like, Cam knows it. I'd, I'd move there, but she doesn't want to at the moment anyway. No, I don't, but... Not that I want to. It's just more like if I had to move there, yeah, I'd, t- I'd definitely do it. But, yeah, just, um, yeah, it's crazy. Now that we're in lockdown, the shop hasn't been open for about six weeks now. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling you'll be back in a month. Hopefully. We'll be back in a month in June. Apparently, I think that's when a lot of things will start easing off. But hopefully we'll be back because I know we're still getting a lot of inquiries with people going, hey, when are you going to open Definitely. again? Or, yeah, I've got a huge list of people to get through. Um, but yeah, like actually, while you're on that, so does Tom and I'm sure Greg does too. And it's, mm. you know, if you guys are interested in booking in just as soon as we open, like I think maybe we should do a wait list. Um, yeah. So then, you know, it doesn't, you know, we can try to fit you in as ASAP yeah. rather than making a last minute inquiry when, when, when we do open up. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I'm thinking we should do seven days again because I just have this feeling that we're going to have to go into lockdown again. You think it'll be... Sorry, we just did something funny. Um, <laughs> Cam. <laughs> Cam did something funny. DM uh, me, I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> Um, but I think, yeah, that's our journey. 
Yeah, and look, I need that's to the start. Angry. Yeah, <laughs> well, not just that. Like, that's not the journey. That's the start of the journey. The journey's still going. Was the journey to today? I'm, mm. I really appreciated you being home for the last six weeks. I, I liked it too. I mean, you know, when when else it. do you ever get to spend this time without feeling like a bum? You know, <laughs> I still feel like a bum, but it's almost like well, you've been a lot of people are being bums right now. So you've been productive. You've that's been cool. helping me look after things so I can work. Uh, and... I'm saying I like it. You know, I get to. I'm like wearing the same outfit every day and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I care about what, what outfit I wear, but still. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's... I, I, I think it's been great. And I'm kind of sad for you to go back. Like it just kind of feels like round two, like when we had the shop going and waiting for the licensing i was happy for i was happy during that time too and not to say that that i'm not happy when the shop's open because i i love being at the shop it's bittersweet yeah exactly here's the thing it's cool it's it's a good position to be in where like it's good to stay home and it's good to go to work it's like that's that's a very fortunate position to be in i feel very grateful for that yeah but anyway, I know that you want... I, I mean, it'll be good once we open up again. I feel like we're, yeah. we've got some goals that we want to hit. And obviously, we want to keep growing the shop. Um, yeah. I know that the guys are keen to get back to work as well. For sure. You know, clients are keen to get tattooed. I can tell from yeah. some of the messages. Um, we've got pent-up demand. Definitely. It's crazy. Yeah. Like um, people, people being in isolation is like... It's like tattooing just comes to mind. They're just like, oh, I just come, you know, come over to my house and tattoo me. I'm like, sorry, man, I'm not going to risk my license. You can't risk the license, can't yeah. risk the shop. But I'm not even mad because it's kind of like, it's it's like, cool, you guys are thinking about it. Or like, you, you'd want me to do that. It's, it's you know, it's it's cool to be in demand. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think we'll sign off there. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And um, until next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. We should do one tonight, eh? Yeah, that was a long one. It's still recording. Yeah.